Welcome uh, to another episode of the Pocket Mastermind podcast. Um, when I first connected with today's guest, she messaged me and said, hey, I'd love to share uh, what Creative Journal Expressive Arts Method is all about. And she followed that up with, I know it sounds weird. <laughs> and I said, it does, but I'm intrigued. Um, so I'm really interested to learn more about what this is and, and hopefully everyone else can gain something from this too. So ST Rappaport. Welcome to the Pocket Mastermind podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this uh, understanding. Like you said, it sounds weird because as you ex explained it to me, um, it's about using the non-dominant hand to access uh, emotions through art and journaling. And uh, I'm all about trying to find out new, interesting ways of, of doing various things, right, in in life. And so... This came completely left field, never heard of it before. It's going to be a new experience for me, for me. but before we um, talk about that specifically, let's get a bit of background on you, um, what you've been doing, how did you how did you come across this in the first place? So I've always been into photography my whole life, and I as I was doing it, I realized my favorite part was the emotions and seeing the way people connect. So that led me to doing relationship photography, where I take pictures of people in their ultimate state of love and connection and just the place they always want to be in. And then they would choose their favorite picture, hang it up on the wall like a vision board. So they could set their mind in that way or always go back to it. They get into a fight, but they still know where they're headed to. And it's all great and amazing, but it's very limited. Like it sets your brain, but then what happens when you have a challenge? So I was like looking for something else. I didn't want to go back to school. I just wanted to see what else could I do to help the people I was working with. And then this literally walked in and came to me. There was this lady who needed a place to stay for the weekend and she was by me and she does creative journal expressive arts. I was talking to her, I was like, okay, so this sounds really interesting. I write with my non-dominant hand and I get the answer that I need. So like I'm in a challenge and I'm not sure what to do. All of a sudden here I get the answer. It was way too cool for me. I was like, I need to go I and find write, this I now. can't write my name with my non-dominant hand. <laughs> Never mind. Oh yeah. <laughs> Especially like I was like so not into journaling, like it was not my thing. I was like, but if I could get the answer that I want, I need to try this. So I went some sessions to her. I was like, I'm not even doing this over Zoom. I'm going in person. She lived two hours away. I drive two hours each direction to like really get the full thing out of it. And literally from the first session that I was there, I saw how much it gave me and what I understood about myself and what I learned just in that first hour that I was like hooked. That's it. So after a few more sessions, I went to get trained and now I mix the photography together with this and we have a lot of fun. How do you mix the photography with it? So part of what we do is we do like um, collages and vision boards, mm -hmm. like not even, separately, not knowing that I did like I did the vision boards, not from this, from like separate things. So and then we would journal about it. So now what I do is we journal first before the photo shoots. Then we take the pictures and we journal about the pictures instead of actually making collages. Nice. Yeah. So how the hell does it work? Why does it work for a start? Okay, so you know there's two sides of the brain, the mm -hmm. right hemisphere and the left hemisphere, and each side is in charge of the opposite side of the body. Now, the left side of the brain is also in charge of logic stuff, like math, reading, writing, and the 
right side of the brain is in charge of all the creative stuff, art, music, drama, and it's also in charge of emotions. So when you write with your non-dominant hand, you are getting direct access to your emotions. Anytime you do something creative, you're on your emotion side of your brain, also to your emotions. So the more creative stuff you do, especially with your non-dominant hand, you're getting those answers that are there, that emotions that are there without having the logic reasoning that we put, like excuses or even real reasons that we have that are there, but they're stopping us from getting what we really want. It's, like I said, I can't even write my name. I've, I've struggled with my initials with my non-dominant hand. So how, the, how are you supposed to journal with it? Yeah, so it's really weird and it's really hard in the beginning, but the point isn't that it should look nice or that it should be beautiful. The point is the process we get out of it. Like if you wrote something with your non-dominant hand that you really liked, you'll probably want to rewrite it with your dominant hand so that you remember. <laughs> because if I go back, I can't read them at all. <laughs> yeah, but like even to start with just scribbling let's say you're really angry or frustrated most people what they do is either they yell and scream or they lock their emotions up now both of those are not good because your emotions are energy that need to be released right and if they just lock up eventually they're going to explode mm -hmm. but you don't want to harm other people in the process so by scribbling with your non-dominant hand you're getting your emotions straight out onto the paper and that's it afterwards you feel much calmer and you could actually process it as long as you don't get frustrated in the fact that your non-dominant hand doesn't work probably. <laughs> yeah, so you, you have to come with that mindset of realizing it's just a piece of paper. It's going to the garbage afterwards. It doesn't make a difference. I'm just scribbling now, not for the scribble, but for my emotions, right? So you're not doing it because it's a piece of art that you're hanging on the wall. So who cares what it looks like? <laughs> it could be art. Who knows these days? So, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Call it art. art. Throw a banana peel and that's modern <laughs> art. So, <laughs> exactly. Are there kind of things to focus on then when you're, when you start to do this? Is it, or is it free flow or how does it, how does it work in terms of the process? Yeah. So what you're going to want to do is you could just like write with your non-dominant hand and just get out there but the best way to do it is when you use both sides of your brain so that way you're not only in your emotions you're using your whole brain together is by asking questions thinking logically with your dominant hand and answering the questions with your non-dominant hand without thinking just letting your emotions answer for you so that way like let's say how am I feeling? You're thinking logically, you're accessing that part of your brain, and then you're just going to answer with your non-dominant hand and continue the dialogue. So if you're in a difficult situation, you have to make a decision, you got into a fight with someone, you don't know what to do later, whatever it is, you could start by drawing like a scribble or a like a doodle, like a little stick figure picture of what mm. your situation you're in. And then almost like talk to the picture, ask questions to the picture. So who are you with the, your dominant hand and let your picture, which is really your emotions and your subconscious mind answer for you, whatever that is. How are you feeling? Why do you feel this way? What caused you that? What's stopping you? Whatever else you want to know, continue the dialogue and go deeper till you get your answers. And how is is it do you find it something that you get better at doing and by that i mean you're able to access 
uh, your own subconscious and your your own thoughts because i think quite often when it comes to journaling or any of those kind of things a lot of people and i would probably be i could be one of those once upon a time at least is that you start you get caught up you kind of i don't know it's like an invisible barrier when you're trying to uh write from yourself um and answer those questions and is that something you found that you started to get a better flow at doing accessing those those thoughts and emotions yeah sure thing it's like a process and it's a very real process so especially in the beginning you might start doing it and not get any answers they'll be like i don't know or like one word answers and you're not getting anything and that's because because it's so real it's not going to give answers that you it doesn't feel you're ready for mm -hmm. so like if you meet a new person you don't go and share them everything on the first day same thing your body is not going to give you answers to those things right away so over time as you go deeper you'll get more answers you'll get more comfortable doing it like you said it will just be easier for you but one suggestion just to make it easier is if let's say you write the question and you can't get your answer out like just nothing's coming it would be really good to repeat the question with your non-dominant hand by answering it like let's say your question was how do you feel so start answering i feel whatever it is so that way your mind starts thinking in that direction and you're already using that mind that makes sense are there some kind of good questions to be asking yourself like obviously you give them an example there of how do i feel um what other kind of things should we ask ourselves yeah so there's four basic ones that is like if you're ever stuck to start with these four and then just take the dialogue however you want first would be like after you draw the pictures who are you like get your mind focused on the picture of the situation that you're in. How do you feel? Why do you feel this way is a very important one. And then what can I do to help you? That gets you past that blockage of maybe you need to get out of this relationship. Maybe you need to go to sleep. Whatever it is, it moves you forward and actually gives you the answers you're looking for. Nice. How, so how have you used it in your own life? What's, what's the, what differences have you found that you could share as an example to, to anybody who's interested in this? Yes. Yeah, so literally the f now, anytime I have a challenge, like a challenge doesn't have to be something big, like something small. I'm not sure what to do, frustrated about something. The first thing I think of is like my journal. I'm going to do that and I'm going to do journal or some sort of art. Like you could do also like painting with your non-dominant hand is really good to let out emotion or clay because clay, you could like, bang the clay and nothing happens to the clay. So that's really good. Um, also emotional. Letter. So that's first of all, like I don't feel frustrated, angry. And now what well, I'm stuck because now I know where I'm headed to. And now I get my answers. I've been doing it for long enough that like you said, like I'm my body process, trust the process. So it gives me the answers. Although in the beginning I hated it. I'm just saying, I saw what it gave me. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Why was that? Because using your non-dominant hand, and my muscle would hurt from like, I never used it. I was like such a righty. Like I'd never, ever used my left hand ever. And I hated writing just like in all aspects. Like I hated writing in school. I hated write, like journaling all those people that keep diaries and stuff. It wasn't for me. I did like art. I studied art a bit, but like, I don't know. I just didn't like it, but I saw what it gave me. Like it was too bad. It was like in my face. I was getting those answers. I'm like, do you want to be stupid and just like heap that wall up or do I want to go and do it? So now I love it because I love what I get from it. So it's really cool. 
How often do you how often do you do it? Do you do do you do it proactively as well, or is it just a reactionary type thing? Yeah, so I try to journal every morning. Mm-hmm. I can't say I do it every single, but majority of the time. And then for sure during the day, whenever something happens, like I would also go to it. It sounds really interesting, but like you said, when I, when you first came across it, I was like, I can't understand how I would ever get anything written down honestly <laughs> it's like i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a try. i'm gonna give it a try now you've educated me on, you have on, to on do it but like don't give up after the first time or any listener who's doing it who says like nothing's coming out of it because really like that's just the first time try it a few days later again on something else or even the same thing so many times like you do it on one thing and you get one insight and then you do it a bit later and you get more insights and something like on a deeper level because it's a process that goes even deeper yeah. I, might, I might need a big piece of paper <laughs> oh yeah lots of paper <laughs> this is my favorite i like taking like backing paper like huge you know like for the wall when it comes in a roll and like put it across the whole floor and just like let's have fun <laughs> <laughs> and what, what about using other forms of art can you can you use the process through painting and drawing and and other stuff too yeah, so when we like paint and draw, we don't especially write because it's much more difficult, but to express yourself, we're like you're having creatives block of something, either your writer or your party planner or whatever you're doing and you need to think of something and you're like, okay, I'm stuck. I have no clue, nothing what to do. Literally take your paintbrush or your marker or whatever it is and move it to your other hand and just scribble, or write words, just make a mess. And that is your creative brain. You're going to be creating new neural connections. You're mind is going to have to think in new ways in order for you to get that out and we'll give you new ideas so that's like first of all with everything um just to paint or stuff but another great thing like i mentioned earlier is you do a lot of collaging like for the future so let's say you want to do a collage on your business or on how you want to feel a certain way on your health or personal growth in a certain aspect, then you could take magazines if you still have. It's really hard to get across these days or just pictures from online and create a vision board of what you want it to look like. And even if you're not sure why a picture's there, like why you pull it, sometimes like you're flipping through a magazine and there's this picture that's pulling you, put it on anyways. Afterwards, when you finish your collage, you're going to journal and ask the questions, like I said earlier, whatever other questions you want, to the pictures, which is really your subconscious, and you'll get the answer to why you put it on there. It might be like from something completely left field that you never thought of and like, hey, that's cool. Now I know that's my answer that's stopping me or now I know what I really want. And and when you do the collages, it is do you do them quite broad or do you do them on a maybe a particular topic or subject like I don't know career for example versus um personal life or do you, do you, can you start broad and then shrink it down or do you which way do you tend to do it sure thing it depends what your goal is right so if someone is looking to switch careers and they might want to do it on careers if they're looking for all aspects of their life they might want to do a broader one and then go deeper or even like a personal development one in general and then say, okay, now I want to make one specifically for patients and do one on patients or whatever. Hang it up in a place where you see it often get stuck about something. Okay. Like I found this career. I'm going to my interview tomorrow and I'm not sure what to do. 
many times it's really good to go back to your collage because it's there and journal with a specific picture. Like let's say there was a picture of a man who looks really confident at his job and you're about to go and do your interview it might be great to go and journal with that specific picture because there's a reason why that's there. It's talking to you about something and you'll get answers to how you could feel confidence, what's stopping you from feeling confident or whatever situation you're in. It's good to have reminders. I think, you know, very few of us have any goals or, or visions that are written down. And so it's easy to lose sight of what you want. And quite often we're not even that sure of what we want, right? So being able to go through that process gives you the ability to actually refine what you do want and understand why you might want it rather than just because I reckon you put a loads of, loads, of st loads of stuff up to begin with and then think do I really want that yeah exactly you got it right on and even more than just thinking you could journal about it and figure out why you yeah want that why you don't want that right like maybe there's a specific part of that job that you want but you could get it in a million other jobs so that job's not a good paying job maybe you could get that somewhere like whatever it is you could figure it out so yeah, exactly. yeah and even do you want do you want a job or do it is, is that the thing that you're going to fulfill you and as i can see the the benefit i've done something similar not that long ago, actually, just by chance of trying to articulate what I want my life to look like, right? Because it's, I think where a lot of us get stuck is people say, oh, write your goals down. And we go, well, I don't even, I don't know how to, A, I don't know how to write goals. And it, it's a bit like starting at the wrong place. And I say, like, try and visualize what you want your life to look like. And, and using images that already exist is probably one of the better ways of doing that because a lot of people are oh, can't visualize i can't visualize well someone it's photographs they've already done it for you so yeah exactly <laughs> that's why i love the photography part because people say who have their relationships are always horrible but like you just cut them on that one second that it was perfect that's it they have that picture no more excuses <laughs> evidence that it's possible <laughs> long, oh yeah how long have you been doing the uh, photography did you say uh photography i've been doing since i was a little kid um but relationships for like about four years by now yeah how did you how did you migrate into doing the relationships so I've, like i said i always did photography yeah and i love the emotions i love the people i love the connection when you're with a little kid they're really cute and they're a lot of fun but for my own personal like i connected with older people much better just who I am and I love to see how people connect like I love observing people and watching how they work how they connect people what watching takes them. literally it's horrible favorite <laughs> place is the airport <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah you can make up little stories for everybody <laughs> why they're loving their trip they're hating it they can't wait to get home they're like not managing anymore whatever it is so when it's a couple it's a committed relationship it's a marriage then there's like that ultimate connection or of either yeah why they're connecting or not why they're connecting so i found that extremely interesting and i was like okay other people buy no i'm not doing you anymore i don't care what you say but i'm sticking to this <laughs> How does so how does a session like that work? I'm I'm really intrigued as to do you are you directing them? Are they directing you? So 
now, if we do journaling before, now I strongly mm -hmm. recommend at least like a bit before, then they could visualize, like they could journal a bit what they want um, and be more specific and like prepare themselves mentally and emotionally for it. And then once we get to the actual photo shoot, I just let them run, let them have fun, literally pretend I'm not there. Sometimes if I feel that they're very stiff, I'll like go away. I'll go to my car and I'll come back in 10 minutes after they like warmed up and like they won't even notice me coming in. And if I see they need like a bit more just things, sometimes like I'll say like stand a bit straighter or something. But other than that, it's like literally real the way it is, just having fun. And yeah, it's so genuine, like emotions. Do they, gen uh, so if it's a couple, do they journal separately and then see if they match? Yes, yeah, so they journal separately and then they have conversations about it. It's really interesting to see what happens because they could view one situation one way and this thing the other way and then they could like try to figure out what it is. What's also really interesting for couples to do is to have a conversation between your two hands, which is really between you and your spouse. So you'll be thinking logically with your dominant hand and you don't know what your partner is going to answer. So you're just going to write with your non-dominant hand because then you don't have to think and you could have that conversation. So if let's say you want to have a really difficult conversation about something and you think you'll just blow up and I won't go anywhere it's perfect like you say what you want to say and it's just a paper they're not going to say anything and you write answer with your non-dominant hand and you could get their answer and then you could get much further in the conversation without hard feelings you could ask questions of understanding so why do you want that what triggered you what could I do differently and really get those answers and have them also ask you questions and go both ways sort of thing so that's also really interesting and then afterwards you have the conversation in real life and see what matches what was different how you approach the conversation differently because of it this yeah. is, so it's tapping into your empathy really without consciously doing it yeah, that's why I like it because it's a bit easier. Oh. Once you trust the process, that's very hard. <laughs> the first yeah, step. That's, that's, <laughs> that's like... a bit of getting used to. <laughs> you, you'll probably be tempted to try and answer. You'll probably fight fight to answer logically. Because that's what you right. <laughs> That's why it's like your non-dominant hand. You're like, okay, I'm not thinking now. I'm just writing. Like you're, It helps that you have to focus on, write, on writing the letters. So then you're mind isn't so much focusing on what you're writing but more on the letters of what it is and it's fine like you'll get spelling mistakes made up words it doesn't make a difference you got your answer who cares right <laughs> um yeah so yeah it's really I like, I like, I, and i also like what you said um a little bit earlier about you know thing if you're if you're a writer or doing something else creative and utilizing it to kind of get through a, a block is there any, obviously, you know, if you're, if you're battling with um, a kind of a feeling or something like you said, why do I feel like this and, and that kind of stuff. If you're trying to solve a creative problem like that, is there, are there kind of questions you could ask yourself or is there an approach that works quite well for getting through like writer's block, for example? Yeah. So first thing you'll want to do is get into the creative brain. So do something creative, do painting, do drawing, do something with your non-dominant hands because that accesses your creative brain. And then afterwards, you might want to journal about what is stopping me from creative block. Because sometimes, let's say, an author will be scared that their book won't be liked or whatever. So that is stopping them from journaling. So questions like what is stopping me or how can I be successful in this or what can I do to feel good about it? 
will help you get those answers and realize why you have that creative block. That makes sense. I know a lot of things that hold people back in a creative process is they realize what they're doing. It probably isn't their best work. And then they try and stop. But the problem is that still needs to come out somewhere to release the block. And so it's like songwriters. I think Ed Sheeran talked about how many thousands, tens of thousands of songs he's written. And obviously most of us have only ever heard 50 or 60 or something. Right. And he realized that he had to just everything that came, he had to write it and write that song and get it out. Otherwise you just get stuck because whatever that is, it still tries to, to rear itself. So I can see why this would be a good way of getting that out in another format potentially. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's also like realizing sometimes you are doing great work but you think it's not, but the rest of the world does. Like, how many times do you start something and say, hey, never mind, it's not good, and you, like, throw it out, right? So, like, understanding why. Like, do you need other people's validations? Is there something from when there was a kid that, like, your mom always told you that you didn't do good work or recovering from something in the past? It could be it was just, like, once a kid in third grade told you, hey, your drawing's ugly or whatever, and ever since then, like, you don't want to draw, right? Like, little kids all think they're artists until they get to, like, what, five or six, and when they start talking to each other and commenting, and then that's it. Like, there's only three kids that are artists anymore. Yeah, the creativity we loot, yeah. we kind of get squashed out of us through the education. I tell you, I can't tell you how many times in conversations like this, the education system comes up over and over again. <laughs> when are we going to do I something? I feel like bash it <laughs> from today till tomorrow. Yeah, I left school early, you know. I actually came to England. I studied in England for two years. Oh, did you? Where did you come yeah. to? I came to Manchester, studied in Manchester College. Nice. Yeah. Cause like I finished school at 16 and cause you guys finish at 16 yeah. and I was able to like go there work. The, like I literally, like I just took my GD, like the test from the government. My class had two more years of school today. I was like, I have my diploma with a stamp from the government. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. There's a, I just, it doesn't fit a lot of people, right? The, the system doesn't fit most of us. So particularly if you're feeling creative, then where do you get that? outlet it's just not designed for it yeah yeah or if there's something like this like okay so how could i i could paint but then like i can't make money or everyone has their own way of thinking of it or no one's gonna like it or i can't do it i'm too busy i have a, my job and my family to take care of i don't have time to like let out things so all that you could journal about and figure out those answers and see what's really stopping you so yeah and how have you found creating your own career in in a creative space what's it been like yeah because i think a so, lot of people get people a lot of people who are creative think wow but i can never i can never make a living doing that stuff i can never and it, and it gets put off and put off and put off but you know i speak to quite a few people who do do various creative things as a career um so it's evidence that you can do it so i'd be interested to get your what your experience has been like yeah, so my actual experience has been a bit different because I'm not, I don't consider myself like an artist, like I'm not trying to sell my music or my piece of paintings or stuff like that. I more work with the creative process. So people associate me more as a coach or as in areas of that. So it's slightly easier for me. Uh, well, that's, than it comes well, that's what I'm really interested in, right? Because it's kind of like, 
using a skill or a passion slightly outside the box because i think you know if you, people are into photography they might think well who's going to buy my pictures well you don't necessarily have to go straight well i'm going to take a picture of a tree and try and sell the picture of the tree right you can use the skill that you've got in taking great pictures to for something else like you're doing oh yeah yeah so it's been a process it really is like have you asked me five years ago about this i would have like never said that i'm doing this um but I knew I was going to start with photography. I also had the advantage that I started earlier, right? So I've been getting paid for photography for quite some time before when it wasn't like especially a need for money or like, okay, I'm now in career. Um, and then, but I knew that I wanted to do something else with it. So I worked in it. I like practiced tons, did tons of it, but I made sure to keep my eyes open for something else that's possible. So how else could I do it? What could I do? Like before I did, um, relationship photography i did lifestyle photography going to people's houses and taking pictures of they live in their everyday lives literally like jumping on the beds having like fights at dinner whatever it was so i took what i loved and i tried to find what could i do unique what could i do special that people will want me over someone else so obviously you need to have your pictures good quality and you have to know what you're doing but then how could i go and make it special so Although there's much less people in the world want lifestyle photography because a lot of people prefer professional like standing poses and stuff. The people that do want it are going to really want you. You're going to be really high on the list. They're going to want to pay more. So you want to find what's special about you and then keep your eyes open for how else you could take it. So after that came relationship photography and then came mixing it in with this coaching. So that was my personal journey. And what's, and what obviously, no doubt it's been a up you've had ups and downs and and various how have you dealt with how have you kept going and built and iterated rather than kind of you know it's quite easy everyone has a really shit day and you think oh i'm not going to do it anymore but what what have what's kept you moving forwards so it's really been my vision like even before cga right i was into vision boards and stuff like i always knew what I wanted. I'm very visual also. Like I talk to people, I'm talking to you, like I'm picturing in my mind all those other times I did relationship photo shoots and what I went, speaking to you college, what happened, like whatever, all the questions you're asking me, I visualize it. So I'm doing my work, even if today's a bad day or things are not going well at the moment, I'm like, okay, so where am I headed to? What do I want? Like you said, you want to start with your end and knowing where you're going to and then create those goals. So that was based on that. And I also love what I do. So even if there's parts that I don't like, like I don't like editing pictures, but I love taking pictures. I love photography. I love connecting with people. So if there's one part that I don't like, then it's not this thing. I'm focusing on the bigger thing of where I'm going to. That makes sense. And do you then, how often do you reassess where you're heading? Do you, do you have like a, is it just when you feel like it or do you a couple of times a year, do you think, ah, oh, is this sort of still what I want to be doing uh, and, and redo your, your, your vision boards? Yeah. So I don't have like set times. Usually when I create, like I have like my vision, like for like 20, 30 years. And then there's my smaller ones right for the next few months or what I'm doing now. So usually as I'm getting close to the end of achieving that goal or that date that I set for myself, then I'll reevaluate it then. That makes sense. And do you, do you set like mini goals? How do you, how do you sort your week out? Do you plan your week or? 
I'm always intrigued and in how different. Yeah. So I very much plan. I, first of all, every Friday, today's Friday, I plan my week for the next week. That's and every night, every like night, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and every night I plan my day for the next day. So I wake up in the morning. I'm not like wondering what I'm doing, especially I don't have like a boss on top of me. My best thing ever, right? I always said I'm not having a boss and kept to it. Thank God I didn't have to do anything else. You just got to be your that. own boss. Though, Literally. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to make sure things happen, right? Yeah. So I don't want to wake up in the morning and say, okay, what am I doing? And spend three hours wasting time what I'm doing. So the night before I go through my schedule, what I have booked, what I want to do with like on myself to move things. And I also, have you ever heard of Tony Robbins rapid planning method? Yes, I have actually. And I haven't actually started to use it, but recently I came across it and I'm going to give it a go. So I love it. I can't say like I follow it to the T at all. Talk us through I'm it. not doing things on scale, Tony. <laughs> no. <laughs> but <laughs> the general mindset of first deciding what, again, that's what it goes with. It decides what your goals are, like what you're, where you're headed to, and then based on that, planning what you're going to do. So I do that with my goals, right? It's like first where I'm headed to, and then based on that, planning my goals. And that way you don't get stuck in those like little stupid things that don't really make a difference. And you're making the time for the things that have the most time. So I plan my day. I plan my week based on that. And then my day based using that mindset of like, okay, so today's goal to this week's goal is this, how can I do it? And also what's really good about it is that it gets you thinking out of the box because you're not just like, okay, so I have to answer my emails, do this and do that. It's more like, I want to achieve this. What are ways that I could do to achieve it? So you're thinking in other creative ways and then you mix it in with journaling. Then you get even more because yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's, I, I asked that question because I think one thing a lot of people struggle with is how to plan right the kind of the idea seems like to make sense but um i think when a lot of people first start they do what you just touched on then like it becomes very task-based like oh, i've got to answer my email and you end up filling up your calendar with all of these menial bullshit tasks that aren't really delivering an outcome and you know like the seven habits of highly effective people talks about the quadrants and making sure you're trying to spend more time as much time in quadrant two as possible at the the important but not urgent areas yes oh yes and, and, <laughs> and the challenge i think is to begin with uh when anybody starts to do this for the first time you've got to get through all of the other stuff first because you've let it all build up <laughs> there's there's not much in the stuff. everything becomes either urgent or a complete waste of time Totally. Like I say, my mom runs a preschool from like zero to five. And because like the way I think of people and I have this really interesting way of viewing the world, like she always asks me for things. I always tell her that you have to like, like exactly that focus on the important and not the urgent. But in the beginning, it's going to be really hard because you have all that. Literally, that's like you put the words here. <laughs> it's like everything's you because you haven't been paying attention to it. So you've got to, you've got to work through it. And then, you know, I hear all the time, but I haven't, everything's urgent everything's urgent yeah but that's because you've let it get to that stage or right. you think it's urgent and it probably isn't like what's the deadline and why is the deadline why is there a deadline 
really most urgent stuff is only because you've either let it slide or somebody else has placed the deadline on it for you and it's come at a short notice right because otherwise there shouldn't be anything else urgent and i think we spend a lot of our time messing around distracting ourselves procrastinating doing crap that we don't need to be doing yeah literally and then after that you're just doing urgent stuff all day and you constantly feel like in that pressure of wanting to do stuff so what i like telling people is first of all see what's really urgent and then afterwards even when you have tons of urgent things to do in the beginning when you're trying to work things out force yourself make some time block an hour or two to do something important so you're trying to get into that phase of moving out of the urgent and into the important yeah how do you how do you then structure your day do you have blocks for doing different types of tasks or that kind of stuff yeah so that's really how it's meant to be but I'm very short tension span and I know that I'm not going to be able to sit in front of the computer and get all the work I need to do if I block off three hours for it so I work much more like 20 minutes or 30 minutes segments um, so first I when I plan my day I obviously have all the things that were booked before like let's say this episode right and then after that is all filled in and those are blocked I plan I'm like okay so what was my goals for today what am i trying to achieve how can i achieve that and i'll stick a few little segments in between things like to do 30 minutes of that 30 minutes of that again but trying to think of ways not like little tasks like answer my emails more like greater ways to achieve my goals these are my goals and then obviously there'll be in between things that i'll answer emails like i'll put in the end of the day like okay so sit down for like 20 minutes make sure all those emails were answered and all those important things were done so that way it doesn't become urgent later on <laughs> and then when you're doing your journaling in the morning i assume that quite often things ideas and stuff come up then how do you resist the urge to suddenly rearrange your day and do something you just thought of or do see, you rearrange <laughs> <laughs> so it depends what it is if it's like something that i could see like okay so i'm gonna it, no, really what it is it goes on my goal right so if my goal is something specific that and that i don't know what my goal would be but like of what to what i'm focusing on today i need to focus with this specific project right and the things i came up have to do with that project then it makes sense because i'm sticking in those little segments during the day to work on that project now i got a better way to do it than just like oh i thought i have to do that no now like i realize if i call this person i'm going to get so much more help so i prefer to do it so that's first of all when you're thinking in that rpm mindset then you get it much better second of all if there's other things that come up and it's not specifically for that goal then i know i have it i'll write it down in my dominant hand so i remember it for later and then when i do work on that project next then i'll go back to that and say like okay so this was a cool idea that came up i'm working in it like that nice i like that um before we let everyone know where they can find out more about you i have some questions that i want to run through i run down I, I, the last i don't know how long started to do this with everybody because it's quite fascinating to get an insight into how different people recommend different recommendations and uh, different habits and routines and stuff so the first one is and you've already touched on this so i know part of it do you have a morning routine and if yes. so what does it look like okay so i wake up at 5 a.m every day how long have you and been doing that? 
um, for years I woke up early, like from like high school, but it could be it wasn't five. It was like six, it was like 6.30, went to six, 5.30, you know. You were, you were an unusual teenager. <laughs> I'm a morning person, so it wasn't especially difficult. Like, I can't just, like, say in bed and do anything. I know also for myself, I function much better in the morning. I get so much more done while the world's still quiet. Yeah. Um, so I know it's going to be 10 o'clock at night. I'm not using that time, especially to work. I might use that time to, like, relax and, like, find some other ways. But working is not going to be the most beneficial thing for me. So after that, um, in my morning, while I, like, brush my teeth, wash my face sort of thing. I try to think of like two things I'm grateful for also to get my mindset. And then I create my lemon water. I like water with my lemon and my wheatgrass water drink to drink in the morning. And which I do while I have, while I do my workout, which comes after that. And then shower, get dressed and I journal. And then I start my day. It's so quiet outside and most people aren't up and it's awesome. <laughs> and I already had a whole morning. Exactly, so yeah. <laughs> nine yeah. o'clock comes. It's like I accomplished tons. <laughs> it's halfway through the day and, if, and it's only the morning. Yeah. It, it makes such oh, a yeah. difference. I think um, a lot of people were quite used to not getting up so early. Like the evening has become the valuable time, but we don't do anything in the evening. We just end up sitting on the sofa watching Netflix or something else. And so, I'd rather go to bed <laughs> to yeah. be honest you know uh, and so for some reason I don't know what it is the weather always seems to be better at five o'clock in the morning than it is at seven or eight <laughs> like I don't know why it's just I don't know in England it's sunny. never good weather came back from that place appreciating sun to a whole new level <laughs> <laughs> you can go to Manchester that's, yeah that's, Manchester yeah <laughs> that's great it's all it does rain i'll get shot for saying that um i like the lemon water that's another tony robbins trick i've uh, oh yeah and the wheatgrass yeah yeah uh three books that you'd recommend and why okay. there it's a bit hard for me because like i don't like reading but i read tons because like i love the knowledge that i get so Do you ever use audible or anything sometimes um not so much like i usually use my time that i could listen for podcasts i'm quite podcast fan it's like easier for me to connect with it mm -hmm. i also skim a lot so when i read by myself i could get through much faster it's that not really good i did it as a kid like just like not being able to read sort of thing but now it's became really beneficial <laughs> <laughs> it's called speed reading spelling by my grammar <laughs> don't ask me to write you anything <laughs> That's hey, so, Microsoft and Grammarly's job. They could, they could right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, they're quite famous books, but I still think they're great. First of all, I would say Twelve Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Nice. I haven't read that yet. It's an amazing, amazing book. I read the book before I heard anything about like Jordan Peterson. You know, like as soon as I read his book, I was like crazy over it, and I just like went to everything listened to all his things like he the way he thinks and the way he puts things down so they're so simple and easy to read but they have so much depth like you could literally read it on any level that you're at and like read it a little bit later and you'll learn a whole new perspective on it so that's the first one um the second one 
I would say it's actually someone that I interviewed on my podcast. He has an amazing book. It's called Think Like a Mind Reader by Jonathan Pritchard. Um, yeah, he was a mind reader, I guess, uh, where he would like show people how things and he just explained and he shows you how you could run your life and be successful in your life in the way that you want. So that's a great one. And then another classic is The Success Principles by Jack Hanfield. It's quite a big book and there's a lot of information in there, but if you go through it slowly and actually implement the things that are in there, it will change your life. So, yeah. That's that's the important part, isn't it? It's always hard. You end up reading cover to cover and then you got to go back and you've got another pile of uh, the book list is, is growing. <laughs> the book list, right? <laughs> yeah, so his book is like really easy. It's 64 success principles. I think that's the number. So you like say, okay, so this week I'm doing one and I'm just going to try this one thing. Like very big into making things like manageable for you, right? You don't have to like accomplish everything and do everything. Then you're not going to do anything, right? You're just reading the book. It doesn't help to read the book. Nothing happens from it. So you say, okay, so you're reading one chapter. It's a few pages. Implementing what it says. See if it helps you like move on nice i saw that come up somewhere else recently so um i'm gonna add that to my list it's pointing me asking this my my lit my book list just keeps on growing um limit kind of linked to this i suppose three people that you uh follow to follow or listen to um that you'd recommend me or anybody else check out okay first of all is jack hanfield i think he's underrated in like he do, like he doesn't run a podcast, especially for himself out there as much, but he has a ton of very valuable information and he's very down to earth. He doesn't like think of himself as like this major, like, oh my goodness, you can't talk to me, goes to uh, like you go to one of his seminars and like you can't touch him sort of thing. The guy's like a millionaire, do crazy things, but thinks of himself, he's like very humble. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoy like relating to him. That's first of all. Second of all, I'm quite a fan of Russell Brunson of ClickFunnels. Mm-hmm. Slightly different tone, more business and stuff, but he does, um, even through the business, the way he connects with people, the way you could learn a lot about yourself. He is also into personal development. So mix it all together. Great guy. Um, and third person to listen to is someone who actually I was on their podcast Tiffany Farag get to know you it's called get to know you with Tiffany or something like that and it's amazing anyone who likes deep conversations like really intriguing ones this is the podcast you want to listen to and she does it in a really incredible interesting way the way she has is every week there's a question and her and her guests discuss the question and then the next week she has a random person listen to the episode and they rediscuss the episode based on questions that the audience submitted and comments people think so going even deeper with it so you get a very deep very broad conversation I just love it. It's like all those things that I've always wanted. People that like connect to them on a really deep way, how they work, what gets you think it's just perfect. So if you like deep conversations, check that out. That sounds good. <laughs> uh, three habits or disciplines that you've implemented into your life that you feel have made the biggest difference. Okay. So two of them I already said, waking up early really changes everything like I know if I wake up late one day don't happen often but if I do for some reason then 
like my days just thrown off. Second is planning my night, my day the night before makes a massive difference. And another thing I've always, that I've done more recently, about a year or so ago, is making sure I'm always sitting, always eating, sitting down. Not like just like running, things flying while I'm driving somewhere. Sitting down, focusing on what I'm doing next. Eat when you eat. Yeah. <laughs> the Zen Buddhist would say, isn't it? Eat when you eat. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I think so. I can't remember. I saw this quote saying, "You know, I eat when I eat and sleep when I sleep." And someone said, "Well, don't doesn't everyone do that?" And no is the answer. You tend to be thinking about all sorts of other things when you're trying to do one thing or the other, or eating on the move. So yeah, try and sit down and eat. I've tried to implement that as well. Uh, three tools or systems, apps, services, whatever um, that you use all the time and can live without. Okay, let's see if I can answer this. I don't know if this would answer if RPM would be part of one of them. Mm -hmm. It really, it's a system. It really changes the way I think of things. Um, rapid planning. Rapid planning method. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, number two, I would say CJA. It literally changed the way I think and the way I process things. And number three is... I would say my camera. I hate my camera because it's so big, but I absolutely love it. It's like not an app, it's not anything else, but it's like I view the camera, the view the world through my camera. So what do you use? That's just my personal thing. I use Canon. You say it like that, is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people I know are going to get attacked by Canon fan. <laughs> <laughs> this, I find it so funny, the camera world, there's such a divide, it's, it's tribal. Uh, I think it's with everything. Phones is the same thing. True. Apple or Samsung, like, well, hey, <laughs> and like <laughs> that. Also, I get my own thing because I work in the graph. Like I do graphics. Most people are much more in Apple, and I just use Samsung only because I find that Apple's marketing and the way they suck you in is amazing from a business perspective. It's like amazing, but from a consumer's perspective, like I'm not even getting myself in there. <laughs> Once you're in, you're still got to get out. Yeah, that's uh, it. To be honest, I, I stuck with Windows as far as a uh, laptop went because I was able to get a better, better machine for less money than a MacBook Pro, right? So I was like, well, why wouldn't I do that just for the sake of having an Apple badge? I'm not going to go down that route. Yeah. Final question. Uh, if you could spend an hour with anybody, dead or alive, who would that person be? Okay, the person would be Jordan Peterson. But an hour won't be enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you're limited to. You got to, you'd have to go in fully planned. Yeah, I'm just really curious to find out the way his brain works, how he thinks of things. Like the genius and the simplicity, it just like amazes me. I love it. That's really good. Where can people find out more about you um, and uh, CJEA? Okay, so best place to follow me on social media would be on LinkedIn as the rapport. Um, if you want to speak to me personally, you could go to lifepixrelationships.as.me and I'd love to speak to you there. Awesome. It's been, a, it's been really interesting and I'm going to give this thing a go and 
Let me know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, send, I'll send you a picture of the <laughs> of the scribble that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, try and decode it. <laughs> I'll send you a thank you. Maybe I'll get something really interesting in a five years time. You'll tell me that you're still journaling. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Right, it's been awesome, and uh, we'll speak again soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers.